Welcome to Value Added, episode number 20, Centralization in Value Added Agriculture, an awkward podcast. I say awkward because there are a lot of pictures in this uh, in this post. And by pictures, I mean graphs. This is a very image-heavy uh, post. In fact, it's so many images that Substacks told me I had to stop posting graphics to this post. Otherwise, it was going to cut me off. True story. So I would highly recommend that if you're listening to this podcast, that you go check out the website, uh, that you go check out the post as well. Uh, There are a lot of graphs that are going to sort of lay the foundation that we're talking about today. Uh, So the podcast is going to be a little awkward without the graphs, but we'll uh, we'll do the best we can with what we have. So with that, let's get started. Uh, Organizational theory in agriculture, sign me up. Over the next several posts, we're going to take a bit of a deep dive on the concept of decentralization. You might be asking yourself, "Mm, why? And I wouldn't blame you for that. It seems like a bit of a hard left, or is it a right, turn from the kinds of industry and entrepreneurship posts so far. Though, geez, that last one on project management, prioritization, and ducks got a bit wild. But what does decentralization have to do with things you've tuned in to read about? Farming, sheep, and consumer goods. By the end of this, I hope you'll agree with my central theory that decentralization might be the philosopher's stone of agricultural systems. Decentralization has been in the news lately. For example, in the wake of Twitter shooting itself in the foot, the primary benefactor has been a social media app called Mastodon. Mastodon considers itself federated, a form of decentralization, and maybe you've heard of the blockchain, you know, the distributed ledger that is the backbone of cryptocurrencies, NFTs, and smart contracts. Well, distributed is also a form of decentralization. Why do people organize into groups? How does that organization make decisions? What resources does the organization need? Organization here might mean a company, but it might also mean a nation or even just a group of people with a common goal. In my case, I mean agricultural industry participants in a general sense and sheep farmers in a more specific sense. In prior posts, we've hinted at harms in the wool industry. We've talked through harms in the meat industry, and we've mostly sidestepped the thicket of the dairy industry. We've largely discussed these issues as supply chain issues, but supply chain issues are a symptom of the underlying disease. Centralization and its kissing cousins, economies of scale and divisions of labor. Value-added agriculture is centralized. They say pictures are worth a thousand words, So here's four pictures so I don't have to write 4,000 words. These pictures show the supply chains of meat, beef and hogs in the United States, and wool garments. So here's where the podcast gets a little awkward. I have four graphs here, um, each one showing sort of the concentration of meat and wool processing. So the first one shows where 
the federally inspected livestock slaughter plants and meat production by states are. And what we see is uh, it's largely concentrated in the, in the middle of the country, just like we all sort of expect it to be. Moreover, when we look at places that have high density of meat producing of meat producers, we see largely that it overlaps with the same places where there are federally inspected meat processing facilities. And then finally, we look at two parts of the wool industry that show that the global wool industry is concentrated in a few very specific places. For example, globally, most of the most sheep are raised in Australia and China. Almost the entirety of the early stages of uh, of wool processing happens in China. Almost the entirety of later stage wool processing happens in uh, Central and Eastern Europe. Um, and then, of course, most of it then gets sold in Western Europe and the United States. Um, and even in places where, uh, even with organizations that attempt to keep their uh, keep their supply chain here in the United States, such as uh, such as Duckworth, uh, we have a graph here that shows even Duckworth supply chain here in the United States is highly concentrated in the places where there are large. Um, where there are large wool processing facilities so that we see that these Montana growers are sending wool all over the United States because the processing facilities themselves are centralized in specific places. So in order to have wool from Montana processed, it has to go to the Carolinas, New York, Connecticut, Illinois, etc., because that's where the processing facilities are. Moreover, Centralization is increasing, particularly in the United States. Quote, as of 2021, only 20% of Western Hemisphere's country's textile imports came from the Western Hemisphere, down from 26% in 2015, while in 2021, as many as 82% of Asian countries' textile imports came from within Asia, up from 80% in 2015. Lu Sheng WTO reports world textiles and clothing trade. In other words, textiles and garments are centralizing an agent in Asia. There's another map here showing uh, territory size proportionate to the number of sheep there. Um, and so it shows you that uh, most of the sheep in the world are being grown in very specific places. You can see a similar phenomenon in the two graphics related to beef production. The first map shows almost all of the United States meat production in four states, Nebraska, Kansas, Oklahoma, and Texas. The second map shows where all of the cows being processed come from. Do you want to guess? Yeah, Nebraska, Kansas, Oklahoma, and Texas. Quote, for cattle, 14 plants account for the majority, greater than 55% of U.S. slaughter. USDA slaughter and processing. I'm going to repeat that. For cattle, 14 plants account for the majority greater than 55% of U.S. slaughter. Yet this is somewhat misleading. Obviously, not all cows come from Nebraska, Kansas, Oklahoma, and Texas, as this map shows. And we have a map that shows where cattle and calves were in 2007 that shows actually that calf and beetle, uh, that, that, uh, cattle production is fairly 
distributed. Um, we see large agri- we, we see large cattle production in um, in Tennessee, particularly going up through uh, Maryland and then up into uh, northern New York. Uh, not to mention uh, here in Wisconsin, and then some of the western states have have concentrations of cattle as well. Um, so, see, we have plenty of cows in Wisconsin, or at least had. Note the map was for 2007 data. Compared to processing, raw material production, raising livestock, is more spread out, even if concentrated around processing centers. Or are the processing centers concentrated around the farms. That's illustrated by this map, showing regions where there are cattle, but no slaughter processing facilities. And here we have a map showing counties with no small cattle slaughter facilities and 143 or more small cattle farms. And this is really where we see the problem. Um, and this is this is not in the post because you would know this if you were looking at the picture. But the real problem here is if you look, um, Places outside of the central United States, right outside of Oklahoma, Texas, et cetera, uh, that's where all the federally inspected facilities are. In all of the other places, we have merely state inspected facilities. And the problem here, which we get in, which we'll get into later, and we've talked about before um, on adding value, is that cattle that slaughtered in state inspected facilities can't cross state borders. So it creates a real problem for uh, for mitigating any real problems in the in, across the entire United States uh, because we see large pockets of the United States that don't have either federal or state inspected facilities. Yet there are a lot of cows there. But primarily, one of the biggest problems we see is that the federally inspected facilities are concentrated um, in the places that you would expect, and everybody else has to make do with state-inspected facilities, which you can do. You can't do as much with the product that comes out of a state-inspected facility. In other words, all of the power and decision-making authority is concentrated in a specific place or organization. If you want wool processed, you send it to China. If you want beef processed, you use one of 14 processors in the central United States. Processing power is consolidated into a small group of people. These systems are centralized. Centralization isn't inherently bad. In some cases, it is even desirable. In our next article, we'll explore the organizational concept of centralization and why the industry turned out this way. Then we'll turn our attention to what, if anything, can be done about it. Thanks. Uh, I hope you go check out some of the graphs on added value, the website, um, and we'll see you next time.